This morning, Joe Biden finally addressed the accusations made against him by Tara Reid, saying they did not happen. But in an interview with Micah Pruszynski of MSNBC, he struggled to keep his argument straight. He couldn't justify why he would be withholding certain records. And all in all, he just looked like he could not maintain his composure. Aside from the fact that Donald Trump will absolutely walk all over him come November, the Democrats are facing another serious challenge, embracing unequivocally the ideas behind the Me Too movement. Now, don't get me wrong. The Me Too movement did a bunch of really great things. And I say this all the time. And every, every time we talk about this, a lot of really bad dudes were called out because of this. But there were some ideas that were not too good, like abandoning due process. Well, the Democrats ate it all up. Joe Biden, Tom Perez, the DNC, they loved it because they used it against Republicans. But here's the thing. Republicans are not the ones calling for these standards. Republicans are less likely to be swayed by accusations made 30 years ago. So now that the Democrats have fully embraced this, it is coming back and backfiring in their faces. New polls have come out. Joe Biden is actually starting to do worse and he's losing with independence. Now he may actually lose the progressive vote because he looks like a hypocrite. Let's take a look at exactly what's going on with Joe Biden, but other statements made by Democrats where we can see as much as there may be some Republicans who have been hurt by accusations or allegations, the Democrats called for this. The Democrats embraced this and now they have to contend with their own arguments and it's not working. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give. The best thing you can do, share this video. There are a lot of people who are trapped in echo chambers. They may not want to watch this video, but sharing really does help. And maybe some people will listen to this argument. They don't have to agree, but at least they'll know, right? If you do like my videos, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and also the notification bell to make sure YouTube keeps sending my videos, which they probably won't anyway at some point. So hey, it'll be fun while it lasts, right? Let's take a look at the first story. I want to show you this. Nancy Pelosi snaps when asked about Democrats' Me Too double standards, saying, I do not need a lecture. Now, that's the gist of the story. I think we understand. We are seeing many Democrats now placed in a very, very difficult position where their past statements no longer align with their unjustifiable defense of Joe Biden. Well, let's take a look at the current results, and then we can talk a bit about what's going on with the Democratic Party and how this is really hurting them. Joe Biden almost tied with Donald Trump as lead falls within margin of error poll. First, there are a lot of polls showing Joe Biden is doing way better than Donald Trump, and it's hard to know who to trust or why. I typically don't like using individual polls, but this did just come out today amid the ongoing news cycle around Joe Biden and his allegations. I don't want to pretend like this is indicative of what's happening with Biden, but I want to use it to make one important point. The Newsweek says, Former Vice President Joe Biden's lead over President Donald Trump is within the margin of error, according to new polling data. The latest survey published by The Hill and Harris X on Thursday found that 42% of registered voters said they would back Biden if an election were held today, while 40% threw their votes behind the president. What's most interesting about this, broken down by gender, the results showed President Trump had a five-point lead with male voters. Biden won the female vote by eight percentage points, meaning Biden's lead with women is pretty good. One of the reasons he's probably beating Trump is because of women. Among younger voters, the 18 to 34 age bracket, the former vice president also led the incumbent by a striking 14 points. Well, it's good for Donald Trump. Those people don't vote, right? 
The president was also found to have a small lead among independents, with 34% preferring the incumbent, as 32% supported the former vice president. Lower income voters naturally are leaning towards Joe Biden. Here's what I find very important. Joe Biden is not going to win over independents by looking like a hypocrite. And if Donald Trump is already winning them over, Joe Biden desperately needs the progressive vote. But by coming out and acting like he's done nothing wrong and defying his past statements, especially as it pertains to the Me Too movement, he actually risks losing progressive voters, which are actually helping him stay above Donald Trump and also women. If women view him as a hypocrite, they, they might not vote for they might not want to vote for him. Or if they view him as legitimately harming this woman, they also might not want to vote for him. Keep in mind, Trump has accusations against him as well. But the point I'm making is while, while the Me Too movement was used against Republicans, look, Republicans didn't call for the standard and Republicans are not being swayed by these arguments. Democrats are. And that's why we're coming to this point. Bloomberg writes, Biden accuser leave, leaves Democrats struggling to reconcile Me Too. We know the story that, about the allegations and, and everything of, of that nature. They say the issue hasn't stopped Biden from getting endorsements from the most prominent women in the party, including Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. Now, this is especially difficult for the women who in the past were saying we must believe women and we're female lawmakers and we must protect women's rights now coming out and ignoring what's happening, even though supporters of Biden still say they favor him over Trump, who has faced uh, allegations as well. There has been a growing call for Biden to address the allegations head on, which he has now done. And it's not pretty. Axios reports Joe Biden on past comments about believing women. From the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously. Women have a right to be heard and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. In the end, the truth is what matters. One of the big benefits Joe Biden has had is that because of the pandemic, he's been gone. He's had they've said in the past that the less Joe Biden is in the press, the better because he gaffes so often. But as he's done more and more interviews, he's been sputtering, stuttering, stammering and looking really, really bad. Everyone expects Donald Trump to walk all over this man come November. And now we've seen it again in this interview with MSNBC. You see the accusation and the support of Me Too from the Democrats has forced Biden to step up and go on a major national interview where he looked awful. He couldn't justify his own arguments against why he said we should be withholding these records. It's not even about withholding just the records on Tara Reid. Byron York of Fox News tweeted, apart from Tara Reid matter, Biden is making the case that all the records of his time in federal office from the Senate 1973 to 2009 and VP 09 to 2017 should remain sealed during the campaign. Again, completely apart from the Reid issue, a hard position to defend. He had to go on TV. The dude has no strength left. He looks terrible and he just sputtered out. The progressives are taking notice and this will cost Biden what little support he had left with them already. Look, the progressives are already mad that the Democrats basically cheated out Bernie Sanders or just one in general. You can take a, you can look at it however you want. Either the Democrats just beat him and the progressives are mad or they cheated. So there's very few people left in the progressive wing who are saying things like, well, we got to support Biden anyway. In fact, many are saying hashtag never Biden. We can now take a look. We can now take a look at Jacobin magazine, the premier socialist magazine. The Democrats seem just fine 
with Biden's assault allegation. They say in 2016, an alarmed Republican establishment tried to force Donald Trump out of the race over his history of assault, not because they were feminists, but because they thought it looked bad. Today, the Democratic establishment is simply dismissing the same allegations against Joe Biden. I kid you not, socialists defending the Republican Party because at least some of them in the establishment tried to stop Trump because it looked bad. Take a look at Steve King, the example I go to all the time. When he made statements that people deemed offensive, the Republicans kicked him out, censured him, removed him from various committees. The Democrats just keep defending bad behavior. From Ilhan Omar's offensive statements, now to Joe Biden, they don't seem to care about principles, and people are taking notice. The Spectator, Amber Athey, what Biden's recent endorsers said about Kavanaugh and Me Too. And now you can see why Nancy Pelosi snapped, why she was so angry someone would ask her about it, because her position is untenable. If they were willing to say that Kavanaugh, that Trump should be completely disqualified, but now, now Joe Biden's getting a free pass, well, they're in, a, they're in trouble. Because the only thing they could say is they're hypocrites or, oh, you know what? We were wrong. We were wrong. Well, apparently they're saying nothing. Amber Athey of The Spectator put together a list of 35 people, believe women, me too, who all of a sudden now just don't care. It was, it was the Democrats who chose to embrace a standard that eschewed due process, not the Republicans. And that's why independents, conservatives, Trump supporters are less likely to be impacted by these allegations. Prove it or don't. Now, some people have called out Republicans saying they're engaging in a double standard by pressuring Joe Biden when they didn't believe Brett Kavanaugh should have been, you know, held to this scrutiny. That's not the case at all. Well, there are, I, I think it's fair to say 99.9% of conservatives who are demanding Joe Biden speak up to this are doing so to say, if this is the standard you asked for, we demand you hold yourself to it. I do not believe we should be playing these games with 30 year old allegations. But it was the Democrats who chose this, who embraced Believe Women and the Me Too movement, and now they must reap what they have sown. Believe all women? Now that Reid accused Joe Biden? Never mind. In an op-ed, Catherine Cherkasky says Democrats who backed Blasey Ford's story about Kavanaugh now suddenly shift because their preferred presidential candidate is threatened. Again, the Republicans just dismiss this stuff and they get criticized for it. The progressives say when Donald Trump is accused, Republicans don't care because they're bad people. Well, you know what? They disagree with you. You can call them bad. You can argue their position, but at least it's consistent. The Democrats, on the other hand, are clearly exploiting the progressive movement to attack their enemies. And now they will reap what they have sown. Glenn Greenwald says, and believe all women has now officially been replaced with hashtag I believe Biden. Another way of saying hashtag that woman is lying because that's who Democrats are. And currently, Michael Brzezinski for MSNBC is trending nationally. Of course, we've seen it. Perez of the DNC haunted by past calls for officials who engage in misconduct to step aside amid Biden claims. The standard that they held is gone. Me, and now we can see even the Me Too movement being impacted by this. Before I get to that, I want to point out something very important. Some of their defenses may be that, as this woman says, you can be both accountable and electable. This is a Me Too founder, Tarana Burke, trying to defend Joe Biden while trying to seem consistent. I'm sorry. When Brett Kavanaugh was on the line being accused, they said it is not a criminal complaint. We are putting this man, he's going through a job interview. Should we really let this man take a job for life? 
or for a set amount of time if he has this character defect within him. They didn't say you could be held accountable and electable. They said this should reflect on your character, period. And now all of a sudden, the woman who coined the the phrase Me Too to Ronald Burke has said, well, (laughs) you know, with Biden, it's complicated. You know, you can be accountable and electable. Tarana Burke, the activist behind the Me Too movement, did not outright denounce Joe Biden when weighing in on Tara Reid's accusations. The funny thing about this is that she defended him. She found a way to walk back what was said about Kavanaugh to defend Joe Biden. We get it. You have no standards. Now, I said earlier that there are many progressives who want the standard upheld as well. And here we can see that's just not the case. Some of these progressives actually just would prefer Biden to win anyway, because that's how much they hate Donald Trump. And this is the big shocking thing to me. You'd think that with the way the media lies and props up the props up the establishment, progressive progressives would be on board to go after the establishment more so than they are. Well, they actually are going up against Biden for sure, saying never Biden and now challenging the media a whole lot more. I think what we see here, though, is that some of these progressives were actually just establishment cronies wearing a mask. They want to pretend like they're all about your cause, the left and the Me Too movement, up until their establishment corrupt politician wants to take that throne. Joe Biden has been accused of corruption recently and also in in recent history, with several magazines saying he, he and his family did was soft corruption. And of course, it's not just Toronto Burke, but also Alyssa Milano. And most of you know this by now. Alyssa Milano has been desperately trying to defend Biden, claiming that Tara Reid's allegations had no credibility, a complete reversal of her position as a leader in the Me Too movement. But wait, this is about the Democrats, not just the Me Too, not just the Me Too leaders. We can even see that the Me Too movement is backfiring on its own leaders, which is kind of hilarious. But let's take a look at the actual progressives. Let's take a look at how this is actually hurting the Democratic Party for embracing this. And we turn to none other than Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan, one of the leaders in the Me Too movement as well, lashed out at the Democrats in the media, saying, now I know too much. She said the Democratic Party and the media had become a cult. She always thought that the Democrats were the good guys. The New York Times, the Washington Post were the good guys. And it turns out they weren't. It turns out that they're the same as everybody else. But you know what? For whatever reason, it, for whatever reason it is right now, the Republicans certainly have their problems, but they are not this bad. Perhaps it's because there's no leadership. I don't know. Perhaps because Donald Trump created a new, more accountable, to an extent, Republican Party by bringing in new voters and populists, people who had, hadn't traditionally been Republicans. The Republican establishment actually tried to remove Trump with these allegations. So even the Republican establishment, according to socialist magazine Jacobin, was more accountable than the Democratic Party is. I tell you what, man, someone must have turned the thermostat in hell up to, you know, uh, down, down, down to 30 degrees, because I can't believe we're seeing once again, Jacobin magazine praising conservatives, kind of, kind of. They've had, they've had kind words to say about some conservatives in the past because they are challenging the Democratic establishment. And at least you can say the Republicans do as well. Now, many in the media tried playing this off like it was just conservatives who were challenging this, but it wasn't. We've seen numerous progressives call out Joe Biden. They are reaping what they have sown. I can say it 50 billion times, but it is here. It is not about conservatives. It is about everyone but you. 
The crony establishment has no one left in their corner but themselves. And while I have my disagreements with the progressive policies and some of their ideologies, I think is really, really insane. When we're all standing here together saying Joe Biden it should be held to the same standard that you asked for, then perhaps you've lost the fight already, Democrats. But what happens? What happens when people actually try to stand up and say, I have to talk about this? You get the story of Chris Hayes. Twitter demands to fire Chris. Uh, Twitter's demand to fire Chris Hayes goes against the entire Me Too movement. I'm sure it does. And do you think any one of these people care? Right now, progressives are referring to these people as blue MAGA. I love it. I love it. It's kind of hilarious, but it's not fair. Trump supporters are in agreement with you right now. Hey, you want the standard. It's all yours. Now, I get it. What they're trying to say is that Joe Biden supporters are ignoring the claim against him, the same as Trump supporters would ignore the claim against Trump. But at least the Trump supporters are being consistent, right? They don't agree with the movement at all. And now they're only they're only saying that Biden should answer for this because you asked for it. If you want to hold Kevin to the fire, they're going to hold you to the fire. And now it gets worse. Amid these allegations, a new story has emerged from Vice. Biden just picked a guy with Me Too issues of his own for a key campaign slot. We have seen resignations. We have seen many Democrats taken out of office because of accusations. You know what, man? When you decide to enact certain policies and ideas, you always must recognize it will be used against you. Well, while the progressives seem to understand this, sort of, not the fake ones like the leaders of the Me Too movement, the Democratic establishment is kind of in panic that they all jumped on this bandwagon. You see, this is exactly what the problem is. They see Twitter as some kind of path towards getting the progressive vote or to getting liberals to vote. But these people aren't aren't your traditional liberals. Traditional liberals like regular old liberals that, that typically vote for the Democratic Party also agree with due process. What we're seeing now are leftists, progressives, and people without principle. But here's the big problem for the Democrats. Some of the progressives are walking away from you because they think Biden is a crony. You're left now holding the bag that you, you, you never really agreed with. Well, you know what they say? They say the reason you don't lie is because it becomes harder and harder to keep track of what your lies are. So the Democratic Party is just going to keep lying about what they really believe in. Don't be surprised when, it th- when it's thrown back in their face and they can't keep their story straight. Here's what Vice says. Biden's campaign announced Thursday morning that Senator Chris Dodd would serve as one of four co-chairs on Biden's vice presidential selection committee, along with Rep. Lisa Blunt of Rochester, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, and longtime Biden advisor Cynthia Hogan. A Biden campaign statement announcing Dodd's appointment described him as a longtime friend and colleague of of Vice, uh, Vice President Biden for almost 40 years who has earned a reputation as a leading voice on domestic and international issues during his service in the U.S. Congress. But that's not Dodd's entire reputation. Dodd was well known as Senator Ted Kennedy's wingman during the 80s. The almanac of American politics described his reputation as a party boy and a partner in nightlife crime of the former senator. And that includes one rather serious allegation of assault by Kennedy in which Dodd allegedly participated. Congratulations, Democratic Party. It's everything you've ever asked for. Now, listen, the Me Too movement has done good, and I still think it can do good. I don't like dragging up all these old allegations, but I do like the idea that will maybe hold people to a higher standard. Maybe we won't let people like Biden and this dude get away with it. Here's the problem. 
Trump supporters and conservatives are not going to believe it without hard evidence. And you know, you can argue that the Democrats feel the same way. But let me just remind you for the last time, the Republicans didn't start the Me Too movement. They didn't come out and say, we want all of these accusations laid bare, as much as some Republicans did say in response to it with Trump, that they would, that, you know, that they wanted him removed. In the end, it's what the Democratic Party wanted. And that's why this whole movement, it's, it's all backfiring on them. Perhaps if they maintained their principles, perhaps if instead of focusing on orange man bad, they talked about policy issues and how they wanted to help the American people, they could have won. Instead, in their desperation, they embraced people they didn't quite understand. Biden okays search for any records on read complaint and archives, refuses to do the same for University of Delaware papers. We get it. Biden has no principles. He's desperately trying to sweep this under the rug. But you know what the craziest thing about all of this is? Trump actually kind of defended Joe Biden. Real clear politics. Trump to Biden. Respond to read. Could be false accusations. I know all about false accusations. Wow. You want to talk about consistency? Let's talk about consistency. Donald Trump saying they may be false accusations. I don't know, but bring, brings up the possibility giving Joe Biden a potential defense. Why? Because Donald Trump has been accused too. Instead of playing silly games saying, oh no, no, Joe Biden did it. Trump actually comes out and says this. That was surprising. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to say it was surprising to me. You can complain all day and night about the president's behavior and the people around him and the policies he implements. But again, he didn't start the Me Too movement. He's been critical of it. And he's critical of it now. So what do we get with the Democrats? Hypocrisy, a failure to uphold any real values. They run on kitchen table issues and they immediately go to try and, uh, to try and impeach Donald Trump. We see it from left-wing uh, outlets trying to claim that the Republicans are actually the ones with the double standard. Conservative media appears ready to believe women against Biden. They say Tara Reid's accusation against the presumptive nominee originally, originally circulated in left-wing media but has now found an audience on the right with the president's son among those giving it oxygen because you tried to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. But I think they understand this. I think these lefty outlets totally know this. They know that they tried to do it, but it's an easy out. Look, if they're lying about the accusations, if they're lying about the evidence, if they wrote hundreds of stories about Christine Blasey Ford and they ignore Tara Reid, we know there's no principle and no integrity on the Democratic establishment side, on the media establishment side. So I'll tell you what, let me wrap up with one very easy to make point. People say Tim rags on the Democrats all the time. Somebody commented that said, yes, when the media is lying and pushing the same fake talking points of the Democratic Party, of course, Tim's going to call it out because he's calling out liars. And that really is it. Donald Trump actually staying consistent. What, 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 uh, what, what should I complain about? Should I say, oh, well, well, if Donald Trump wants wants Biden to answer for it, then he should too. He's literally bringing it up. He's literally saying he was accused too. Now, it, now maybe Trump could go and address every single person ever accused him, whatever. I don't know. The point is, it's very obvious that the media was supporting the Democrats. How could, how could anyone argue the media isn't biased at this point? It's not about who's got the better policy ideas. That's, that's, that's what it really comes down to. I have not made... Well, for the most part, an argument in favor of Republican, the Republican policy manifesto, maybe some positions here and there and disagreeing with many of them. And that's where things get really weird. Simply by calling out the lies, they say you must secretly want the policies of the Republican Party. That makes literally no sense. I just don't like the fact that you are all liars and you've only pretended to have these positions because it benefited you politically. That is disturbing. And now I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that you are now reaping what you have sown. Pot, meat, kettle. We'll leave it there. 
Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. Joe Biden has released an official statement denying the allegations against him from Tara Reid, and has appeared on MSNBC's Morning Joe to face questions from Micah Brzezinski, and boy, does it look bad. In his official statement, he lied, and Micah Brzezinski actually pressed him. See, Joe Biden's statement was, how about you can go search these records and not these other records, because these other ones don't matter. Just don't, don't look over there. It's fine. It's fine. It's confidential stuff. Well, he got pressed on it. And the dude fizzled out bad on TV. And now everyone's saying, imagine how bad it will be when he's standing next to Donald Trump. If he couldn't take the heat from MSNBC of all places, how will he handle Donald Trump questioning him in a real debate? He won't. So naturally, we can see that Joe Biden has denied the allegations. But I want to show you some of the some of the responses, some of the comments. And I know the first thing I want to show you is that Joe Biden lied. Let me tell you something, man. If you've been following any of my commentary and coverage on this stuff, you know that I am no fan of 30-year-old allegations. I would apply the same standard to Biden that I would to Brett Kavanaugh. When uh, Christine Blasey Ford came out against Kavanaugh, we had no corroborating witnesses. She didn't know where it happened, how she got there. And the, the, the allegation against him was that he, he pinned her to a bed, then his friend jumped on him, they rolled around and she ran away. Okay, sure. Maybe something bad happened while they were really young and older in high school or college or something. It's a weird allegation that ultimately just didn't go anywhere with no witnesses. Joe Biden was an adult working for the U.S. government when he is accused of pinning a woman, Tara Reid, up against the wall and let's keep it family friendly, doing really awful things to her. Now, the difference here is that Tara Reid has corroborating evidence, a lot of it. That doesn't prove anything. And I'm still no fan of pulling up 30 year old allegations to drag someone, especially when they're running for president. Joe Biden ran for president before. Why are these allegations only coming out now? I don't like it. But let me tell you this. As much as I would apply the same standard, I've got to say right now, first, I still don't want, I, I still don't appreciate this. I still think this should not be an issue. But based on what Joe Biden has said, I now really do believe Tara Reid. I really do. So listen, it's possible that Tara Reid had something happen in 93, and now she's exaggerating the issue for political points. You can make up a bunch of reasons why she's doing what she's doing. I don't know for sure. What I can tell you is that Joe Biden has pushed obvious lies and is desperately trying to cover something up. It would seem, it would seem. And now that gives me a feeling like Joe Biden, act, something actually happened here. And I think he knows. He has lied now on multiple occasions, been called. So at first he tried claiming the New York Times cleared me. They found no evidence. What happens next? The New York Times issues a statement saying that's not true. We actually did find corroborating evidence. And then he issues this statement, the full statement from Joe Biden talking about protecting women and all this stuff. And in it is an overt lie. As soon as I read this, I went, whoa, whoa, he's lying. Why would he? Why? Why? And in a weird way, too, he could have he could have quashed the corroborating evidence. He could have challenged it and said, here's what really happened. Instead, he lies. To me, that seems like he's trying to cover this up. He's hoping that people who aren't really paying attention will see his statement and believe it. He knows that if he actually had to address it, it would make him look bad. That's how I feel about it. Check this out. In his statement, he said, she has, she, she has said she raised some of these issues with her, with her supervisor and senior staffers from my office at the time. They, both men and women and women, have said unequivocally that she never came to them and complained or raised issues. News organizations that have talked with literally dozens of former staffers have found, have not found one, not one 
who corroborated her allegations in any way. Indeed, many of them spoke to the culture of an office that would not have tolerated harassment in any way, as indeed I would not have. And there it is. That's that's an overt lie. I don't understand why he would lie like that. The New York Times has come out and said that he is inaccurately pushing uh, their story in his talking points. See, what he tried claiming was that the New York Times essentially cleared him of any wrongdoing. The New York Times says no such thing. In fact, the New York Times says the story also included former interns who remembered Reed suddenly changing roles and no longer overseeing them, which took place during the same time period that Reed said she was abruptly uh, reassigned. Rhodes Ha added, the Times also spoke to a friend who said Reed told her the details of the allegation at the time. Another friend and Reed's brother say she told them of traumatic, uh, a traumatic incident involving Biden. Now, Biden specifically said former staffers. Yes, former interns. Oh, is that Joe Biden's weasel word? Well, interns aren't staffers, are they? Oh, come on. We, we, we know what you mean. People in your office, whether they would tolerate it or not, corroborated a part of her story. When she said she went and complained about it, she got in trouble. They, they basically uh, retaliated against her for this. And the New York Times pointed this out. And the New York Times still tried downplaying this. Later on, many people were quick to say, wait a minute, this actually kind of corroborates her story. Look, I'm not saying we know for sure that Tara Reid's telling the truth. We don't have video evidence or photo evidence, but I'll tell you what. Joe Biden is trying to, to sweep this under the rug and he's, and, he, and he's using weaselly methods to do it. Now, check this out. This is from the Daily. The Daily Caller highlighted this segment from Micah Brzezinski's interview with Joe Biden. It's bad. Let me tell you, it's bad. Micah does a, does a good job, not a great job. There's a bunch of stuff she could have brought up she didn't bring up. Check this out. Daily Caller says, Micah Brzezinski presses Joe Biden on opening up his Senate records at the University of Delaware. Quote, are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? He says, I am absolutely certain. If so, why not approve a search of her name in those records? And Joe Biden just goes, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, what, what, what do you mean? What, what, oh, she got him. She got him, boys. Dude fell apart in seconds. So here's basically what happens. Joe Biden uh, has a bunch of documents at the University of Delaware. Many people have said if there's a complaint against him, it will be there. However, the university says they will not release these records until two years after Joe Biden leaves public life. Joe Biden's asked about this and he says, well, you know, there's there's confidential stuff in there, things that could be taken out of context. It could be bad for my campaign, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So what Micah says is, OK, then how about they only search for the name Tara Reid? And Joe says, it doesn't matter. It's not in there. And she goes, if you don't if you don't care and you don't think it's in there, then let him search for it. And then he just he just spins out. He's he's saying that people should should go and search these, these other records, these other records, the, the, the Senate, the Senate records. Then, you know, they'll see there's no complaint in there. Well, according to Matt Schlapp, he's countering Joe Biden. L let me show you what Joe Biden said. He says something to the effect that uh, there is uh, to the effect. Here's the quote. There's only one place a complaint of this kind could be the National Archives. The National Archives is where the records where where the records are kept and what was then called the Office of Fair Employment Practices. I am requesting that the Secretary of Senate ask the archives to, to identify any record of the complaint she alleges she filed and make available to the press any such document. If there was ever such a complaint, the record will be there. Matt Schlapp, he is uh, he's with CPEC, I believe. He tweeted this. The Congress has long been exempt from the public records laws the executive branch follows. Why? Because it helps members of both parties cover up scandals. 
Biden knows there are no record requirements, which is why he is asking for them to be public. Clever trick. Don't fall for it. If Joe Biden says we can make these 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 records, you know, uh, public. Well, I kind of agree with Michael Brzezinski. I do. Why not a search through the University of Delaware? He had no answer. He had absolutely no answer. He just sputtered and mumbled and, oh, but, but, but it doesn't matter. They're not in there. Okay, well, let's search for it. Could you imagine this man going up against Donald Trump? Trump is going, it's going to, it's going to be, what, what, what did, uh, what did uh, Joe and his guests say? Mike Tyson versus a three-year-old. And that sounds extreme and silly. No games, man. Not even, not even playing. Joe Biden can't handle the fire, man. I got a couple more tweets, a couple more stories I want to show you. Jeremy Scahill of The Intercept said, there are eight women who have made allegations against Joe Biden. There are witnesses who say Reid told them at the time what she alleges happened to her. You wouldn't know that from Micah's interview. Micah did a decent job with the issue of searching the archive and Biden's Kavanaugh stance. So that's the other issue, the double standard. We can see certainly that the double standard exists. Brett Kavanaugh, there was nothing like this. There was no records, no complaints, no corroborating witnesses. And here we have all this. I want to make sure I, I, I absolutely reiterate that I, I don't care for this story. I don't think it should be used against Biden. I do not like this because like with Kavanaugh, he had been vetted before. He, he was a federal judge. They went through his history. They found nothing. All of a sudden now he's going to be appointed this high job, this, this, this high position, and these allegations start emerging. Well, Joe Biden has run for president before. And, and, he, and like while he was in the primary, we didn't see any of this stuff. Why now? I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't like it. But I will tell you this. Joe Biden is not handling this well at all. You see what people don't realize. Let me show you this here from this, this clip where uh, Micah is talking to, to Joe Biden. I'll tell you what, man. I watched this clip and I knew immediately this is going to be very, very bad for Joe Biden. You see, what people need to understand about public relations, marketing and the press is that it often doesn't matter if what you're saying is true. It matters the imagery that people have in their heads. You can use weasel words to to obfuscate the truth. You can actually use facts to manipulate by omitting certain information, by including certain information. I'll give you an example. Donald Trump, that whole that whole news cycle about Trump saying, you know, in disinfectant and injections and stuff. And what ended up happening was a story, uh, a story emerged the next day saying calls to poison control increase after Donald Trump, you know, talks about disinfectant in the body. And it made it seem like it was Trump's fault. Now, it was a fact that Trump said this. And then afterwards, these calls came in, but they omitted other information to draw you to that conclusion. What Joe Biden doesn't seem to realize, or maybe has no choice, is that the moment Michael Brzezinski said in 1993, you pinned her against the wall, etc. I'm not going to, et cetera, et cetera. I keep these family friendly. But she said it. She read that allegation. There are going to be people sitting at home who are now going to be imagining creepy old lecherous Joe Biden, all the photos, all the videos of him touching and grabbing women, pushing this woman up against the wall. They are going to believe it. Whether or not they do or they don't, it's in their heads. Let me tell you about Donald Trump. I can already hear the, 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 the uh, Biden people going like, but Trump did this and Trump did that. And they're responding in the comments saying just that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The people who like Trump like Trump for who he is. And there are many people who don't like Trump, but think he is better on policy. So this is what you need to get through. through, through if you, you anti-Trump people, if you don't like Trump, listen to this. When Trump 
calls the press fake news, when he pushes back, when he insults them, there is a contingent of people who like that. It is it is a feeling you get of a symbol that that, that being knocked down. The people who, who hate Trump get the same feeling when Jim Acosta screeches at the president. The, when Donald Trump steps up and he pushes back on people, on the enemy of the people, as he says, right, the fake news, there are people at home who are tired of being lied about who have been called every name in the book saying, thank you for standing up for me. They feel good. They like it. When Donald Trump pushes people around, they like it. They, they like that he's that character. Now, there are many people I've spoken to. In fact, most of the people I spoke to, you know, when I travel who have, who have voted for Donald Trump, they talk about how they don't like his attitude. But guess what? He's better on policy. Now, considering that, listen to what's going on with Joe Biden. When Joe Biden is asked these questions, the left is extremely susceptible and sensitive to these accusations. I mean, they're the ones who, who, for the most part, lead the social justice charge. That means Biden is ridiculously vulnerable. When they hear those words out of Micah's mouth, you pinned her against the wall. You took your hands and you know what, you know, you may know the rest. If not, you have to look it up because I'm not going to get into the graphic details, but they hear that they have a visceral reaction of a creepy old man who we have seen grabbing women doing this. When the people who like Trump hear that, they, they hear him in, in that, uh, uh, that tape where he's like, you know, women let you do whatever they want. You can grab them, yada, yada. People hear that. Some people laugh, other people cringe, but they both have a reason to vote for the president. Even, even the ones who think he's gross and don't like him. You got to get it. You got to understand this. And there's a lot of reasons that people, you know, like me, I've called out Trump's behavior and, and, and his character and I didn't vote for him. But if you can't see this, you will lose. This was really, really bad for Joe Biden today. It was really bad. Denials are meaningless. The court of public opinion operates on feelings. And when you see this man struggle to answer why he's not going to allow a record search, people start doubting his credibility, saying, hey, that's strange. And he sputtered out. It was bad. Now, we got this tweet here from uh, Ben Smith. This is interesting. Mary Bruce tweeted, Tara Reid tells us at the time, in 1993, she complained to the Senate personnel office that Biden had made her feel uncomfortable. But she says she did not mention an assault, and she has no record of the complaint. Biden calling for any records to be released. Ben Smith then said, this is really important. This is a really important detail. If the alleged complaint surfaced, Reid says it won't mention an assault. So, so what? Tara Reid had the foresight in 1993 to set up this whole thing perfectly so that Biden could never exonerate himself. No, I think the chips are, are, are falling where they where they may. And I think it just so happens that Biden has struggled to answer for this. And I got to tell you what, I said it for a billion, a billion times. This is not I'm not I'm not going to use this against Biden, but, but the, this is bad for Biden. He is struggling to actually present any evidence that makes him look good. When Brett Kavanaugh was was on trial in the public opinion, they asked Christine Bozzi Ford a series of questions she couldn't corroborate. She didn't know where she was. She, she didn't know how she got there. Her friends did. There was no witnesses to the story. It's the inverse with Tara Reid. Multiple friends and a relative said, yeah, she told us about this. Her neighbor came out and said, I remember her talking about this. And now it's all it's all, you know, uh, here we are. So when Joe Biden is asked about this and says, don't search the records. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. You got she told multiple people about this. Her, she, she was reassigned abruptly. Two former staffers corroborated. All of a sudden she was reassigned. That's lining up the details. Now, I don't know what ultimately happened. Maybe she's exaggerating what really happened. Maybe Biden just pinned her against the wall and yelled at her. And she says, aha, now I can exaggerate the claim. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I do know. 
I will tell you, Biden has handled this extremely poorly. And it's making me feel like he's, he's, he's trying to cover something up. Jonathan Turley says, in response to what Joe Biden has, has, has uh, offered, this is a flashlight search where a witness tells police to look only where he is shining the light. This calls for sunlight, not a flashlight. I found Biden quite credible up to that point. The solution is to allow searches in both sites of any misconduct allegation by anyone. That's a really, really good point. What's happening right now is Joe Biden is saying, I can prove my innocence. And he's pointing the flashlight in one direction. But there's a whole room around us. That makes me feel like dude's not credible. Glenn Greenwald's response. Is this the consensus now? That the way Judge Kavanaugh was treated and how the accusations against him viewed were unfair and unjust and should not be used in the future ever again? Or are they just suspended for Tara Reid and Joe Biden? Micah was consistent. Here's the standard Joe Biden advocated for in 2018 during the Kavanaugh hearings about how a woman's claims against a powerful male political figure should be evaluated, saying, for a woman to come forward in the glaring light of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she's talking about is real whether or not she forgets facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. The reason this is significant, I did not ask for the standard, nor did most of you. The people who defended Joe Biden said we can't have this standard. Joe Biden asked this standard be applied to everybody. It is now being applied to him and he is fluttering and fumbling and he can't handle it. He can't handle what he wanted. It goes to show you rules for thee, but not for me. Chris Wallace has said Joe Biden has totally mismanaged the claims against him. And this is just this is just the other. Uh, actually, this is published today from statements I, I believe he made last night before uh, the Biden uh, claims. Uh, I'm sorry, before Biden's statement came out. Fox News Sunday anchor Chris Wallace told the Fox News Rundown podcast Friday, the presumptive Democratic nominee totally mismanaged this quote. He hasn't said a word as we sit here today. Wallace told Chris Foster, he's had a lot of women come out and defend him. A lot of women incidentally, uh, a lot of women who incidentally went tooth and nail after Brett Kavanaugh back in 2018 and said, women must be believed. Dare I say the trap was laid and Biden has fallen into it. I'm sorry. There's, there's nothing he can do as far as I'm concerned. Brett Kavanaugh won. He weathered this storm. But what they didn't realize is that as they were attacking Brett Kavanaugh, they were setting a trap for themselves. Donald Trump's supporters, first of all, many don't believe these women and think they're politically motivated. And they may be. Second of all, some of them don't care anyway, and they're, they're, they're going to vote for Trump no matter what. But your voters, Democrats, are extremely sensitive to this. They are the ones who are going to walk over that trap and fall in. Joe Biden, you have done this to yourself. The Democrats have done this to themselves. If only they would listen to reason. They don't. And now here we are. My prediction, it's going to be really, really, really bad for Biden in the long run. The one accusation highlighted on MSNBC with a statement will now enter a major news cycle. They were trying to ignore it for a long time. He could have addressed it immediately. He could have shot it down. He didn't. He made it worse. They all made it worse. He could have come out immediately and said something to the effect of, you know, unequivocally, no, I will absolutely address this. I, you know, we, we can start with the standard I've laid, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, he was doomed from the start. The moment they went after Brett Kavanaugh, with a scorched earth tactic, just burn it all down in a desperate bid to stop this man. They set a standard for themselves they could never stand up to. And of course, like I said, the conservatives, the Trump supporters, it's not going to affect them the same way. It won't. And we know it. 
Are, are Trump supporters social justice activists who demand cancellation? No, some of them, but it's rare. It's inverted. I would give it like an 80, 20, 80 percent of the time. It's the left being overly sensitive about nasty words and accusations. Sometimes it is conservatives. You know, they'll burn. You know, you'll, you'll see a lot of Trump supporters burning Nike gear or something like that. But that rarely happens. Boycotts from the right rarely happen to their own detriment. They don't rally like this. They don't demand companies and individuals be held accountable in the same way. Often when they do, it doesn't work anyway, because the media is on the side of the Democrats for the most part. Well, you reap what you have sown. I think you're going to see a lot of middle-aged suburban women hearing this, hearing the words come out of Michael Brzezinski's mouth, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's a statement of fact, it's a question. But in their minds, they will imagine this lecherous old man. We've seen the photos and videos and they will just be like, I'm creeped out by this man and it's going to hurt him. It really will. But maybe it'll benefit the Democrats in the long run because they'll swap Biden out. I don't know. It's not even just about the accusations. It's also about Joe Biden just struggling to speak. The man is clearly not equipped for this. You know, when I, uh, I'll wrap up with this. When I saw the video of Joe Biden on, on Micah and his face, this poor old man, it was it was uh, I, w- I was disturbed, to say the least. I'm not a fan of Biden for a lot of reasons. But to see this this old man gasping and struggling and just being, you know, challenged in a way that he clearly can't handle. He's he's done. At this point, he need, he, is, he is sunsetting. He needs to be given his rocking chair with some sweet tea so he can look at the sunset. This man cannot handle the fires of a presidential campaign. It is going to get worse. I don't think he's going to make it. I, 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 what I mean by that is he's not going to be able to handle this. And if it does come to the end of the presidential campaign with him there, he's going to be sitting in a basement, sleeping half the time, unable to actually carry out what a campaign requires of him. I'll leave it there. I guess we'll see how things play out. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all there. It seems like Michigan is becoming the epicenter of the reopen the economy protests after hundreds of protesters, some carrying guns, entered the state capitol demonstrating against Michigan's emergency measures. Now, here's where it gets crazy. The state legislator said, we're not going to extend the lockdown. Governor Whitmer said, don't care, gonna do it anyway. Because of this and because of the protests, we're now looking at what may be the epicenter of this. In response, Donald Trump has called on Whitmer to strike a deal, put some of these fires out. I got to tell you, man, there are a lot of ignorant posts, and I've certainly talked about this a lot, from people who don't understand the real devastation coming our way due to the economic shutdown. But regardless, we should not allow an executive, someone like Whitmer, to override state legislature and just say, no, we're going to keep everything locked down anyway. There's got to be some kinds of checks and balances, especially when it's dealing with emergency powers and when it's dealing with constitutional rights. Let's read a little bit about this protest, and I want to show you what's going on with Whitmer. NBC News says hundreds of protesters in the state capitol. Right, we get this. They say protests, protesters held signs, waved American flags, and even carried firearms while some chanted, let us in. And this is the people's house. You cannot lock us out. Others tried to get into the House floor, but were blocked by state police and sergeant at arms, according to NBC affiliate in Detroit. A state police spokesman told NBC News that it is legal in Michigan to carry firearms as long as it's done with lawful intent and the weapon is visible. Michigan United for Liberty organized the protest, dubbed the American Patriot Rally, to call for the reopening of businesses. State lawmakers, who are Republican-led in both chambers on Thursday night, declined to extend the state's emergency declaration before it expired at midnight. Instead, 
They voted to bring a lawsuit to challenge Whitmer's authority and actions to fight the coronavirus pandemic. The Democratic governor quickly issued new orders stating that an emergency still exists while also declaring new 28 day states of emergency and disaster. I'm sorry, I got to say it. The states that did not lock down, Republican. The states that are going nuts, Democrat. <laughs> Don't ask me why. This is falling on tribal lines. Now, it's not completely Democrat and Republicans when it comes to reopening the economy, but it does tend to mostly be Republicans, conservatives, Trump supporters saying, we got to open things back up. I want my jobs back. I want my job back. But I did see a video and I can't remember where it was from, but I think it may have been like California or Hawaii. You got what looks like a couple of hippies on a beach being told they can't do their thing. We've certainly seen people who are not Republicans angered by this. And I'm going to tell you, man, I think this is going to reflect very, very poorly on Democrats going into November. Keep in mind, a bunch of urban liberals rushed gun stores when this pandemic started getting out of hand, showing that many people who normally would have voted for somebody who would restrict your rights were now saying, mm, I kind of like the right to do this. And it was a funny viral video where a gun shop owner said, maybe you people who are mad about these restrictions should have voted when these people were saying they were going to come and take away your stuff. Republican lawmakers are putting their heads in the sand, says Whitmer, and putting more lives and livelihoods at risk. I am not going to let that happen. Whitmer, who has faced a fierce backlash for her strict stay at home mandate, extended the order earlier this month until May 15th. But she eased some restrictions on public activities as the state's coronavirus cases stabilized. Michigan, however, still has more than 40,000 cases and is one of the hardest hit states. You know what? Look, I can respect an emergency. There's got to be a line. There's got to be some kind of check. You want to argue about Donald Trump, say, building the wall or doing travel bans? Yes, right. We, we've argued that. And civil rights lawyers have challenged Trump's travel bans. But guess what? Now that because we're not now we're in a pandemic, you got the left actually agreeing with Trump's travel bans. This is different. Now we're in an emergency. They're going after American constitutionally protected civil rights. There's an argument about who gets to travel here and who doesn't. There's no argument about whether or not the government has the right to tell you you can't assemble. The other funny thing about this is I keep seeing a bunch of lefties say things like these men are carrying guns to try and intimidate lawmakers. What, what are you talking about? What do you think they're going to do? These people are going to show up with guns and then go shoot at Whitmer or something. You're nuts. They're going and they're exercising their bill of their, their constitutional rights. Here's what they say. The emergency declaration gives Whitmer authority to issue executive orders during a crisis. Its extension is separate from that of the stay at home order. As the protests move indoors from the rainy steps of the Capitol, police took the temperatures of those entering the building using forehead thermometers, according to NBC affiliate Wood of Grand Rapids. You can see here I got the video. Like the Operation Gridlock demonstration April 15th over Whitmer's stay-at-home order, many demonstrators appeared to be supporters of President Donald Trump donning Make America Great Again campaign hats, and in one instance, putting on a dance routine by two girls wearing masks that appeared to be of Trump and former President Barack Obama. I don't know why that may, they, they think those people were Trump supporters, but sure. We're now seeing uh, Donald Trump respond, saying Whitmer should make a deal with protesters. President, made, uh, President Trump made the remark one day after some demonstrators who entered the statehouse were armed with automatic rifles. Uh, I don't believe The Guardian knows what an automatic rifle is, and I don't believe any of them were armed with automatic rifles. That would be odd, but maybe they were, I guess. I thought those were heavily restricted. Anyway, they say, the, uh, this is a tweet from Trump. The governor of Michigan should give a little and put out the fire. 
These are very good people, but they are angry. They want their lives back again safely. See them, talk to them, make a deal. Some of, the, some of the demonstrators in Lansing on Thursday carried assault rifles. No, they didn't. They did not carry assault rifles. Man, the current state of journalism. I am not even a gun expert. And I know this already sounds ridiculous. Uh, my understanding is assault rifles have selective fire, meaning uh, burst, auto, and semi-auto. And I don't think those are legal to carry around anyway, as much as many gun owners would probably want them to be. I don't believe that they were carrying assault rifles. The Guardian doesn't know what they're writing about. That's just a, a shame, I suppose. Well, Elon Musk recently came out and said, what's going on is fascist. And you know what? A lot of people are trying to drag Elon Musk, but I got to say, kind of agree with him. Well, you know, the way I explained it on Twitter is you see all the fascists come out in media arguing for more government authority, more. Look, in this shutdown, there's something very important that needs to be brought up, brought up as to why you see these people protesting. Big businesses are getting all of the benefit. Stores like Walmart can stay open selling whatever nonsense they want, but specialty stores can't. That means if you're a store that sells, you know, a bunch of random knickknacks and alcohol, you're good. If you sell some kind of food, you're good. So Walmart sells everything, meaning those who get the advantage are those of special high class privilege, big box stores, big billion dollar companies, and not mom and pop shops. So what we end up seeing is that over at Walmart, Oh, they got, you know, a gardening section you can go to. They've got special, uh, you, you can buy whatever you want, pots and pans. But maybe you've got a small store that's not, that, that sells like restaurant level kitchen supplies or specifically handles a certain service and they're shut down. What do you think these people are saying when they're stuck at home saying all of my business is now going to Walmart? They're going and protesting. So where are all of these lefty libertarian activists, Antifa types to defend the working class against the, the authority, mocking them. I love it. I thought, I thought, you know, it, it's funny about these lefty protesters. They're supposed to be fighting for the working class, but they, they don't. There's a really funny video of like construction workers in Seattle shouting down socialists, These socialists pretending that, you know, they represent the working class, but they don't. They're upper class, privileged, college educated elites. The working class are trying to get their, their jobs back. They're trying to keep their business, businesses from going under. But now you have someone like Elon Musk. And the reason why I think this is important is that on, on Reddit, they're all saying Elon Musk is saying that it's fascist and we should reopen because he's a billionaire who wants to get rich and he doesn't care about the poor people. And there it is again. City folk, upper class, college educated elites acting like they're poor people or that they actually care about them. No, well, well, there are there are some accusations that Elon is about to get a massive payday so long as the value of Tesla goes up and he's worried about it because of the plant closures. I think Elon Musk is just right now. Hey, he mocked this in the past saying, oh, no, the economy. And now he's kind of kind of realizing it. Check it out. Here's what he said. This was a recorded call. Quote, if somebody wants to stay in their house, that's great. Uh, they can stay in their house and they should not be compelled to leave. But to say that they cannot leave their house and they will be arrested if they do, this is fascist. This is not democratic. This is not freedom. Give people back their GD freedom. And you have Governor Whitmer ignoring state legislator and saying, I'm just going to do it anyway. Now, here's what they add. No state has implemented an order forbidding residents from leaving their homes, although many have ordered residents to, to only leave for essential purposes. Right, we get it. Elon Musk was being hyperbolic. He was exaggerating the point. But the reality is, People have gone to the beach. They've been arrested. People have gone to the park. They've been arrested. People have been walking to the store and been questioned by cops. People have, there, there was one instance in New Jersey 
not too far from where I live, where a couple people left a house, were seen by cops and then challenged, and they told the cops to, you know, F off, and they got arrested for it. What if they were going to the store? What if it was an essential purpose? And they said, I don't got to tell you anything. Yeah, we're seeing dramatic overreach. Yet, when it comes to the left, they're supporting this. Now, look, we can argue about what the left really is. And I think it's fair to, to align progressives in the Democratic Party necessarily. They have been in alignment on a lot of issues, especially with Bernie Sanders, you know, in the race. And now that Bernie is out, there seems to be a fracturing where the left is actually now challenging the establishment. Not that I necessarily trust most of them on their intentions, but at least they're calling out the bad stuff. I still question, where are they right now? They're not speaking up. Shouldn't Antifa be, be agreeing with Elon Musk that the government shouldn't just be able to get, uh, uh, be able to decree no one can go outside? You know, what the bigger problem is for the most part, it's the economy needs to reopen meat shortages, food shortages, and they're ignoring all of this for tribal reasons. I know, I know I've said it a million times, but take a look at the result. Where are the social justice activists? New York cops chase hearse as they disperse Jewish funeral in Brooklyn and arrest a teen after Bill de Blasio was branded a hypocrite for ordering a crackdown to stop coronavirus spreading. Bill de Blasio specifically targeted a minority religious community, the Jewish community, because they were at a funeral mourning a rabbi. Now that to me is absolutely disgusting. Look, I understand the need of social for social distancing and all that stuff, but I'll tell you what, it's not even this. The, 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 the stats are coming out. The mortality rate is a lot lower than we realized. And the projections were way higher than, you know, so you can call the projections too high. All that matters is what we've done so far has worked. How about y'all chill? The hospitalization rate is going down. New York may actually be already over the peak and down at the bottom of the curve on the other end. In which case, New York, why are you doing this? Why are you targeting Jewish people, arresting people, breaking up funerals? Why is Governor Whitmer locking things down? Well, some have said they viewed as punishment because not so much for New York. I mean, you can argue that Bill de Blasio is an anti-Semite, and I think that's a fair argument at this point. I don't see him targeting other communities. When the Blue Angels were flying around New York, what did he do? Nothing. They ignored, they ignored and everybody came out and celebrated. But oh, heaven forbid some Jewish people want to have a funeral. That's insane. Governor Whitmer actually said, because of these protests, we might have to extend the lockdown. And then when the Republican state legislature said, we're not extending this, she said, the GOP is going to get people killed. Yeah, it seems partisan for sure. And it seems like she may be doing this, I don't know, power hungry, or maybe it's tribal. Maybe because so many people on the left aren't actively paying attention to the news and don't know what the, the negative consequence will be. She's just rolling with it saying, eh, I don't care what or why. It's a bunch of gun-toting Trump supporters who are protesting. F them. Lock them down harder. It seems like the real issue here, as far as I can tell, is that tribal partisan politics are affecting how decisions are being made. And boy, is that insane. But take a look at the Republican states, like South Dakota. I believe it's South Dakota. You had that uh, uh, governor refuse to lock down. That's not tribal politics. These, these uh, red states, these gov uh, Republican governor states are just abiding by the Constitution. The Democrats who lock down their states, I can understand saying, hey, we got serious problems. New York is going nuts. Well, now it's time to slowly start reopening, right? I guess not. They've all extended their lockdown orders. And like I said, some Republicans never even <laughs> locked anything down. So you can, I guess you can argue that you've got an establishment left that is okay with embracing authoritarianism. These personalities online who are arguing for this stuff don't care. And they're like, yeah, it's a good thing. Whatever the consequences may be, just give people money, just print money. Where are the libertarian left activists? I'm sorry, they don't exist. They don't. 
People like to argue that Antifa is libertarian. They're not. They use violence to get what they want. They're authoritarian. What about the Bernie Sanders base? I don't see them coming out and defending freedom. They're arguing for the authority. It doesn't mean they're overtly authoritarian, but they're certainly falling on it on, on the authoritarian spectrum in this regard. Now, there is a whole lot of weirdness going on, too. And let's talk about what the, uh, the federal government is doing. National Guard protecting Maryland's coronavirus tests in undisclosed location so federal government can't seize them. OK, <laughs> that's a weird story. I get it, though. They bought these tests from South Korea. They don't want them going to federal, federal government. Some may argue that, and they have, Trump is running the country like a dictator. And that's why I highlight this story, because in reality, Trump has actually taken a much more libertarian or liberty based approach to what's going on, calling for states to slowly reopen. He's been consistently trying to get things to reopen, and they accuse him of just trying to do it to make money for the economy and things like that. Well, for the economy is a good reason, because people are going to starve. But like, like Elon Musk, they say, oh, it's about sacrificing poor people just to make money. Now, nah, Bill Barr came out and said the Constitution is not canceled. And he's, he's ordered, I believe, prosecutors to look at states that are violating the Constitution. How do you want me to conclude this? When I look at Bill Barr and Trump saying, open things up, Bill Barr specifically referencing constitutional freedoms. How do you want me to conclude this when the NYPD is specifically targeting Jewish people? You know what, man? We've seen anti-fascists, the anti-types screaming racial slurs. We've seen the left advocate for overt racist policies. We see New York targeting Jewish people. We have seen for the past couple of years, the Jewish community being targeted with beatdowns and surprise attacks and muggings all throughout New York. And what have they done? They joined in. This is them joining in. No, I get it. We're in a pandemic. I get the serious problems. But what am I supposed to say as somebody, you know, look, you see Rose McGowan saying that the Democrats and the media are a cult, shows that they were the good guys. Yeah. Welcome to the wake up call. New York City using their gun control measures targeted minority communities specifically. And that's what the activists told us. They called out Bloomberg and de Blasio. Hey, that's a blue area. That's one of the bluest in the country. Bill de Blasio specifically targeting Jewish people at a time when they're already being targeted. Yes, we get it. These are the people. And I'm not saying every Democrat. I think there are too many liberals who are passive and not paying attention. And because of this, people like us, liberal minded people have let lunatics, racists and authoritarians take over. And that's why people are walking away. When you finally wake up to what they're doing, look what Whitmer is doing. This stuff is shocking and disgusting. And it's like the, the evidence piles up day after day. What happened with uh, with Republicans when they had that dude come out talking about white nationalism, Steve King? They censured him. They removed him from every committee. I say thank you to that. And then I look at these, you know, people like Dan Crenshaw, I respect Rand Paul. I say, I disagree with on policy. I disagree with some of these policies. Where has the left gone? Where have the liberals gone? They are no longer playing the game. And because of this, lunatics have taken over. I was hanging out with a friend, you know, uh, last year, and we were talking about a lot of this stuff. A friend of mine was a big Bernie supporter. And I, I was saying things like, you don't know how bad it's really gotten. When I see these people claiming to be on the left, screaming racial slurs at conservatives, because, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a black proud boy. And they asked me, like, why is this stuff happening? And I said, it's because you won't speak up. I do every day. And people claim I'm conservative or, or red pilled or something. It's like, dude, I would happily vote for a sane, rational Democrat, someone who is a normal liberal. But they're not here anymore. You can take a look at my my uh, my uh, Timcast IRL podcast. It's currently being run by my buddy, Adam. Adam is is lefty on a lot of issues. He's a vegan. Come on. 
Yet when we talk about this stuff, they call him going, they, they've jokingly said he went full MAGA one episode because he was talking about our, our rights and our country and what we, what we believe in. And I'm like, no, dude, that's what liberal used to mean. It used to be conservatives and liberals agreed. America, good. And even though you'd still get those conservative personalities saying liberals hate America and things like that. I know I'm, I'm joking a bit. I'm exaggerating, but things of that nature. And you did have, the, have them. But we, we still waved the American flag. We still talked about border security. We still talked about helping our own citizens and, and supporting our troops. Now, what do we get? The leftists that have taken over are either lying, don't actually believe what they're believing, just want power. I don't know. I can't tell you. Look at what's going on in New York City. Let me remind you that when they enacted their gun, their gun control measures, stop and frisk, they went straight to the black community. We can see what's going on. The Republicans are saying defend the Constitution defend people's rights, stop the authoritarian overreach. They're specifically highlighting the loss of small business and the threat the world faces due to economic collapse. Where are the liberals? They're gone. Look, this is, this is why I think I stand out when it comes to YouTube content and people say I'm biased for targeting the Democrats and all this stuff. They, Tim, Tim isn't really a Democrat. He's in the bag for Trump. No, I'm just a liberal. And those people are not. I don't know what they are because I even agree on principle with some with progressives on a lot of things. And when I see progressives on YouTube calling out Biden, the Democratic establishment and the fake news media, I'm like, we agree on these things. I disagree with you on policy. But where are the real liberals? They're gone. They're not paying attention. My friends, I've talked to them, not paying attention. And this is what you will get. Extreme authoritarianism. It's not coming from Trump. It's not coming from Bill Barr. It's coming from these lunatics. And then because of this, because of this weird swing towards supporting whatever stupid position the left wants, these governors just enact this insanity and get away with it. So I hope you, I hope you enjoy living in New York. I left for a reason. I lived in LA. I left. I moved to New York and I left. And this is partly why. Justify this. I dare you. You can't. This stuff isn't happening in a Republican controlled city. You can argue about pro-life, pro-choice, taxes, whatever. This stuff is not happening. It's happening in New York City. I'm done with this rant. I got another segment coming up for you at uh, 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. I defended the TikTok nurses. These videos of the nurses doing their silly silly little dances, I defended them. And then when we get one of the most disturbing and offensive TikTok dances, cringe no less, People accused me of pandering for Trump or something or being red-pilled or whatever, because apparently it's only conservatives that are criticizing nurses for doing these ridiculous things. No, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Let me break it down for you. What you're seeing on the screen is a bunch of nurses carrying a corpse or what's supposed to be one dancing with a dead body. They thought it was funny. What we're witnessing is TikTok nurse race to the bottom early on. Several nurses did some silly dances and those videos went viral and a bunch of conservatives did start saying, what is this? And the reason they did was because they're like, I thought these hospitals were overwhelmed. How is it these nurses are all dancing around when these hospitals are supposed to be overwhelmed? The, ac- the, the answer is actually quite simple. A doctor actually chimed in and said, listen, we have a few minutes before or during a shift where we film a 30 second video. It's not that big of a deal. In one video where they did a stupid dance, the guys, the, 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 the lead of the shift or whatever said, we didn't even start our shift yet. And we were all showing up. We decided to do a little dance in the courtyard. Those are fine. And I defended them. But what's happening now is because of the viral fame, we are seeing viral fame chasers 
these TikTok nurses are now trying to one up each other in the most ridiculous and absurd ways to try and get some kind of virality. And it ends with them doing something so ridiculous. A rational person says, dude, stop. What is wrong with you people? Look at this. It's a bunch of nurses doing that. You know that meme of the guys carrying the coffin and they dance with it? That's what, that's apparently what they're supposed to be doing. They thought it was funny to, to carry a bag in a, a body in a plastic bag and bounce around with it during a time when people's loved ones are dying. Oh, congratulations on your viral fame, you lunatics. This is the problem. You want to do a little dance, boost your morale? I don't care about that. I defended that. But they're just trying to get fame now. Some of them are downright ridiculous and stupid. In one of them, they're like playing the Titanic music and they're just like, rowing themselves on a bed as someone pushes them. I'll tell you what, man, you want to talk about having a few minutes between a shift or something where you can dance? I got no problem. You want to go get a bunch of PPE gear, put it on, climb on top of a stretcher, have someone push you down the halls and stage this whole thing. You are not blowing off steam or boosting morale. I'm sorry. Drop it. But of course, it's falling down to tribal issues. Let me show you this article, show you the criticism, and I'll show you what people are trying to defend it with. No. Look at this. April 23rd, Metro. Killjoys want NHS staff to stop morale boosting TikTok dances. Morale boosting. No, I got no problem with the dancing. The problem I have is with the escalation of desperate viral virality, where they're actually now dedicating time in their day to do some stupid choreographed BS when they shouldn't be. Blow off steam. Go do it. I, again, defended that. Stop trying to act like the only people who are mad about this are Killjoys or Trump supporters. Look at this story. Dancing nurses carrying what appears to be a bagged corpse labeled COVID-19 are featured in a new TikTok video, which has been slammed online for being in poor taste. The four nurses are not identified, and there is no indication the body they are carrying is real. However, the video has drawn harsh criticism, as well as some support for the nurses, by some suggesting the patient in the footage is supposed to represent the coronavirus, and that the frontline healthcare workers had beat the disease. I don't care what they think it represents. People are dying right now. We're all being locked away. Our businesses are being shut down because we're supposed to be fighting this invisible scourge. So you want to make a funny joke about carrying a dead body. You could have carried a fake virus, not a corpse. They say the footage is believed to have been filmed in the hospital in San Juan, Puerto Rico. There's the photo. You can see more of it. Of course, the people are wearing masks. The footage also appears similar to a dancing Ghanaian pallbearers meme being used as a morbid but tongue-in-cheek reminder for people to stay home during the outbreak. Oh, is that what they thought they were doing? So far, there have been 1,097,209 confirmed cases in the U.S. of the coronavirus, which has been blamed for 63,836 deaths. That's the point right there. I see people on Twitter fighting for tribal reasons. The lockdown must remain in place. People are losing their lives. The lockdown must be reopened. People are starving. Look, we got to slowly reopen things. We got to figure things out. But you have, a, you have a serious problem right now. And tact plays a huge role in this. I understand these nurses want to boost their morale. This is not that. Stop making excuses for bad behavior. The first few videos were fine. The other issue is, should the morale boosting videos be appropriate at any rate or, or at all? I would argue, I ultimately don't really care if someone wants to dance on video, but I do think it's inappropriate. You know why? Right now, people are scared. There are conspiracy theories running rampant about 5G and the hospitals not really being overwhelmed and all this other stuff. The last thing we need 
are for nurses to go into the parking lot and do stupid dances to get clicks on TikTok, which is some Chinese social media app. I don't even believe the views are real. I got to be honest with you. I think it's all fake propped up to make it seem like it's popular. And that is playing into legitimate popularity. It's an old social social media tactic for boosting, you know, their, their follow their, their user counts. Should people be doing this? Short answer, easy. No, I understand. You want to do morale? You want, you want morale boosted? Okay, go ahead and dance. Why do you have to film it? It's freaking people out. They don't seem to get it. Here's what it says. Among the critics who say they couldn't stomach the footage was YouTuber Blair White. The dancing was one thing. I stomached it and told myself they need to blow off steam. This, this is gross, said White, who goes by the handle Miss Blair White and has 307,000 followers. Twitter user Brian Holand tweeted that he had served in the military and could appreciate Gallo's humor when it comes to working in difficult conditions. Yeah, I got no problem with making jokes, right? You want to you make a gag and do a joke? That's fine. I don't care if it's a morbid joke. The issue is that makes me angry. They're all trying to one-up each other. It is a race to the bottom to make the most shocking and ridiculous content. We've seen it with YouTube and social media. And there's a reason why YouTube put a stop to a lot of this. People kept trying to escalate the kind of absurd content they were making. They were making videos where they're getting into fights on purpose. Now we're seeing this because people kept defending this. They've gone to the point now where they're dancing with corpses. I hope you're happy. There's a line, you know. He says, I, I, the guy who says he can appreciate uh, uh, Gallo's humor says, however, they have to realize the average person sees it differently. If you are going to do this kind of humor, fine, just keep it to yourselves. A Twitter user known as NJP called the video tasteless. A little downtime is a chat or a laugh with your colleagues on your breaks, not choreographing juvenile dances when people are dying in the same building. It's tasteless. Oh, by all means, do you want to come out and argue that no one's really dying in your hospital and you weren't really busy? Fine. You're making things worse. Twitter user Lion Cub, who has worked in emergency rooms, agreed with the criticisms. I agree with you 1000%. I've worked in ERs, any inner city hospitals and on crises teams. I know the value of Gallo's humor as self-preservation, but they shouldn't have put it out there on social media. The Twitter user who goes by the handle Elf212 wrote, another user, Jeff Runyon, expressed his disapproval with a picture of a man holding a sign that says, arrest TikTok nurses. And not really, but come on. Runyon, who claims to be former CIA, probably not, mind you, made the post going by the handle, blah, blah, blah. We don't, we don't need to know those handles. Nurses get and need downtime and, and a little fun to blow off steam. You can't be hard at work and serious all at, at all times. It's good for the body or the mind. The Twitter user wrote, some people were defending them. This, this, one, this person said, these nurses need to be fired. No one can say this is old. What is written on, on, on Spit Shield's mask? A Twitter user calling himself Roman Carr on a virus wrote that he believed the nurses were celebrating victory over the virus. Look, I get it. I don't care what, they're, what they were intending to show us. I don't even care about the rest of the dancing. The point is, it's gone too far. All right. Early on, we can tolerate this stuff. And, 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 I, and I said, yeah, so what? They got a few minutes. What's the big deal? But now there is kind of a big deal because people are using these videos as proof. These people are certainly not busy. You know why? It's the escalation. If you have one simple video where they're dancing, okay, we get it. Someone pulled up their phone and said, everybody do a dance. Got it. And it took 10 seconds. What about the choreography, the planning? Okay. What video should we do? Because we're doing literally nothing. Right now, people are going to hospitals in New York and they're filming empty hospitals. And people are then saying there's no real crisis. But the reality is some areas are overloaded. It's not every single hospital everywhere. This is how the nurses have time to do this. It's not morale boosting. It's not it's not about having some few minutes of downtime. They're lying. 
Many of the hospitals aren't overwhelmed and many are completely overwhelmed. And the ones that aren't overwhelmed are staging this complete and utter nonsense. Now, I get to deal with trying to talk down conspiracy theorists who are convinced these people aren't working at all. And, and people who are convinced there's no crisis. There is. 63,000 people have lost their lives. And this is making everything worse. So, no, we're not going to arrest the TikTok nurses. No, ultimately, fine, still do your dances. But someone at some point has to call them out for the escalation and the race to the bottom of tasteless, tasteless content. You can tell I'm really uh, uh, frustrated by this. And it's because I feel like I, I, def- I feel like by defending this initially, now I've, I, I should have called it out sooner. I feel stupid having said it's no big deal because the real issue is that we're not going. This is not ending here. All right. While the rest of us are dealing with the very serious consequences, these people are treating it like it's nothing. And those and everyone else, these other articles are trying to defend them that they're just morale boosting. No, they're not, dude. They're viral fame chasers on TikTok. It is it is it's fake. It's fake news. Okay, they just want to be famous. So and, and I don't even I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out some of these people aren't even nurses. You put on a stupid nurse outfit, go in a room that you can't really tell what it is and do a dumb dance and you get clicks on, on, on TikTok. It's, it didn't start with them. It started with other nurses who are making videos that were equally as annoying. But you, you get the point. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. A conspiracy theory. Rogue federal agents. It sounds like it's out of a movie, but this seems to be actually legit that there was a concerted effort. I could say conspiracy between rogue FBI agents to take down Donald Trump's staff because they hated the guy. I mean, look, Peter Strzok, that's the guy's name. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Stopped the FBI from ending Flynn probe despite lack of derogatory evidence. Unsealed documents reveal. Let me just break this down really simply. The FBI was like, we're done with this. We're done with Flynn. There's nothing here. And this dude said, no, 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 don't, don't close it. Leave this open. And they got Flynn on a technicality. We now know this is what's crazy. They wanted to go after Flynn under the Logan Act, which apparently has never been used. And Jonathan Turley, who I believe a constitutional, a constitutional scholar said, it's shocking to see how desperate they were to manufacture a crime against Michael Flynn. Let's read the story. Internal FBI documents unsealed Thursday indicate that Peter Strzok, the now disgraced anti-Trump former head of FBI counterintelligence, ordered the investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn to remain open even after it was slated to be closed due to a lack of so-called derogatory information. The material surfaced just a day after explosive FBI communications revealed that top bureau officials discussed their motivations for interviewing Flynn in the White House on January 24th, 2017 and openly questioned if their goal was to, quote, to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. These handwritten notes written by the FBI's former head of counterintelligence, Bill Priestap, Fox News is told, suggested that agents planned in the alternative to get Flynn to admit to breaking the Logan Act when he spoke to then Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak during the presidential transition period. The Logan Act has never been used in a criminal prosecution and has a questionable constitutional status. It was enacted in 1799 in an era before telephones and was intended to prevent individuals from falsely claiming to represent the U.S. government abroad. In late 2017, Flynn pleaded guilty to making false statements to Strzok and another agent during that White House interview. And the only reason he did was because he was scared they were going to go after his son. So he, he, he said, fine, fine, I'll take, I'll take this offer. 
He, I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think the dude actually did anything wrong, especially with, with what we're learning now. And he only ple- pleaded guilty to save his son. Thursday's document release shows that on January 4th, 2017, weeks before the fateful tw- uh, January 24th White House interview, the FBI's Washington field office issued a closing communication indicating the bureau was terminating Crossfire Razor, the newly disclosed code name of the investigation of Flynn. According to the January 4th memo, the goal of Crossfire Razor was to determine whether Flynn was directed and controlled by or coordinated activities with the Russian Federation in a manner which is a threat to the national security of the United States or a violation of federal foreign agent laws. In pursuit of information on Flynn, the Crossfire Hurricane team investigating the Trump team conducted a check of logical databases for any derogatory information on Flynn. The January 4th FBI report states that no derogatory information was identified in FBI holdings. Let me stop and break this one down. An investigation was launched into a three-star Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, national security advisor to Donald Trump or to his campaign. They were trying to see if this man was working with the Russians, and they concluded he was not. They found no evidence to suggest he was. Strzok decided, so what? keep the investigation open and then leveraged against him. We will go after your son unless you plead guilty to lying. So Flynn did. Flynn did nothing wrong, was found in the investigation to have not coordinated or colluded with Russia, and they threatened to go after his family. We're not talking about law enforcement. We're talking about a mob, a mafia style, a mafioso shakedown of, of a person who served their country. Now, this goes above and beyond insane, if you'd ask me. So, I, I, look, we better see some some prosecutions on this one. I mean, the evidence is out. We can see it. We know what he did. The memo also discusses additional FBI efforts to check information on Flynn, apparently through other U.S. agencies, just like the FBI. They also found no derogatory information on Flynn. The FBI's investigation of Flynn also included reaching out to a confidential human source and an analysis of Flynn's travel. The confidential source informed the FBI of uh, Flynn speaking at an event which remained redacted. The CHS further stated that Flynn had dinner and drinks with those in attendance and took a cab and a train with an unidentified individual whose father may be a Russian oligarch. That may be a reference to Svetlana Lakova, a Russian academic and author who has disputed any ties to Russian intelligence and has defended her brief interactions with Flynn, including in interviews with Fox News. It appears the FBI found no concern for any of Flynn's ties to Lakova. Based on the lack of derogatory information, the Washington field office concluded that Flynn was no longer a viable candidate as part of the larger Crossfire Hurricane umbrella case. Furthermore, the author of the memo noted that since Flynn was not specifically named as an agent of a foreign power by the original Crossfire Hurricane uh, predicated reporting, and discussed the absence of derogatory information or leads. He also wrote that at the discretion of FBI management, Flynn was not interviewed as part of this case closing procedure. The January 4th memo concluded with this paragraph. The FBI is closing this investigation. If new information is identified or reported to the FBI regarding activities of Crossfire Razor, the FBI will consider reopening the investigation if warranted. Yet on the same day, January 4th, 2017, Struck instructed the FBI case manager handling Crossfire Razor to keep the investigation open. Hey, don't close Razor, Struck texted an, an unidentified individual. Struck informed the FBI case manager that the FBI's seventh floor was involved, referring to FBI leadership 
that they still need to decide what to do with him with respect to Redacted. It's currently unknown why Strzok directed the FBI case manager to keep the Flynn investigation open. However, the timing of emails between Strzok and ex-FBI lawyer Lisa Page seem to suggest that they used the Logan Act to keep Crossfire Razor alive. Strzok forwarded a 14-page research paper on the Logan Act the same day. Constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley called the revelations about the FBI's conduct chilling, especially given that the Logan Act has never been enforced and seemingly has little modern day relevance, even in the abstract, saying, quote, I have been a criminal defense attorney for decades. I have seen abusive tactics. However, this is one of the most thuggish records I have ever seen. Most concerning is that they were trying to create a crime, not investigating a crime. The use of Logan only highlights that bias, he added. There was a time when networks like MSNBC and CNN argued for civil liberties and against such abuses. Now, because such principles would benefit Trump, there is such a shrug with a common mantra, everyone does it. Yes, abuses occur, but that is not licensed for their commission. Conservative commentators seeking to understand the FBI's actions have noted that former President Obama personally had warned the Trump administration against hiring Flynn and made clear he was not a fan, according to multiple officials. Obama fired Flynn as head of the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2014. And now many conservatives are saying that these these documents that were released now implicate Barack Obama. The reason being, they, they, they sought uh, authority to keep things open to move forward with what they were doing. They say during the White House interview, Flynn told the agents not really when asked if he had sought to convince Kislyak not to escalate a brewing fight with the U.S. over sanctions imposed by the Obama administration. According to an FD302 witness report prepared by Security Council, prepared by the FBI, Flynn also reportedly demurred when asked if he had asked Russia to veto a U.N. Security Council resolution that condemned Israel settlements in the West Bank. The Obama administration abstained that vote. Flynn issued other apparently equivocal responses to FBI agents' questions and at various points suggested that such conversations might have happened or that he could not recall them if they did, according to 302. But questions remained as to the strength of the FBI's case. Then FBI Director James Comey admitted in 2018 that the Flynn interview at the White House did not follow protocol and came at his direction. He said it was not something I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized administration. And then uh, FBI direct, uh, Deputy Director Andrew McCabe later said the interview was very odd because it seemed like Flynn was telling the truth to the two agents who interviewed him. Flynn, the interviewing agents told McCabe, had a very good recollection of events, which he related chronologically and lucidly, did not appear to be nervous or sweating, and did not look side to side, all of which would have been behavioral signs of, de- of, of deception. Yet, what did they end up doing? They said they would go after Michael Flynn's son. And so he caved, even though we now know in a series of images being painted by these interviews and by these documents, what else is there? Now, many people have brought up some conspiracy theories. I'm not going to get into this. Look, some people are saying, Tim, you're way behind on this story. Why aren't you talking about this years ago? I could have. But right now we have definitive statements and evidence backing all of this up. And that's all I can do. The best thing about making sure we have our eyes dotted and our T's crossed is that you can't deny this anymore. It is now in plain sight what they did. An innocent man had his family threatened by rogue FBI agents. They were going to go after his kid. So he just pleaded guilty and gave them what they wanted. 
If they can do it to him, they can do it to you. And guess what? I know this. I've always known this. Where has the, the principled left gone to challenge the authoritarian encroachment of the executive branch? Nowhere to be found, it seems. They have no problem throwing an innocent man under the bus because it hurts Donald Trump. These people have lost their minds. Or they never had them to begin with. I don't know. I'll stay on the story. We'll see how there's more to come, I'm sure. Maybe we'll see some indictments. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Donald Trump is now saying he has seen evidence suggesting the coronavirus emerged from a Wuhan lab and compares the World Health Organization to a PR agency. And another story from Fox News shows Intel boss confirms investigation into whether coronavirus outbreak, the result of an accident at Wuhan lab. We have numerous stories, suggestions and reports showing it may be the case. I say maybe, not definitively, but enough to warrant an investigation, enough that intelligence agents and the president are looking at evidence and investigation is underway. Yet for some reason, the media wants to act like only conservatives are talking about this. The Washington Post says, fact check, not likely. Why should I trust the Washington Post and their experts over the U.S. intelligence agencies? I don't trust the fake news, nor do I trust the government. So you know what? It really is a difficult position, but I'll tell you this. When the media comes out and says anything that Trump does is wrong or, or they, they counter it, I'm not going to trust them. And when we have even people in China releasing papers, which were eventually redacted, saying it likely came from this lab, I'm going to lead towards where the chips are falling, not trusting the fake news that hates the president. But let's see what Donald Trump has to say about this. The story from Fox News. President Trump said Thursday, he has seen evidence suggesting that the coronavirus originated from a laboratory in China while continuing his criticism of the World Health Organization's ties to Beijing, comparing the group to a public relations agency. Trump was speaking to reporters about protecting America's seniors when Fox News and others asked if he knew of anything that gave him confidence that the outbreak originated in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yes, I have, he said, without further explanation. He added, quote, and I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. He earlier speculated about whether China knew about the virus sooner than it has led on and withheld information about the outbreak. Quote, so far, I think China is trying to be somewhat transparent with us, but we're going to find out, Trump said. It's a terrible thing that happened, whether they made a mistake or whether it started off as a mistake and then they made another one or did somebody do something on purpose. Intelligence officials confirmed Thursday that an investigation has been ongoing into whether the pandemic was the result of an accident at the Wuhan lab, a contradiction from the broad consensus that it originated at a wet market in the city. Now, here's here's the interesting thing I've read about this. One of the reasons they think this originated at a wet market or naturally is because it's wild and crazy. Some some doctors have said this this virus has no pattern of, of you know what it does or why it does what it does. It simply looks like it's a bunch of random things. But the idea about the Wuhan virus is not that it was manufactured intentionally as some kind of powerful bioweapon. It's that Ch China was experimenting in an effort to race against U.S. developments in biotechnology. And so, yeah, a mishmash of viruses. That's the argument. I'm not saying it did originate, but I'll tell you this. I guarantee you that YouTube is going to derank and demonetize this video simply for me talking about what the news is talking about. Why? Well, the mainstream media is allowed to talk about it. I'm not. Even though I assure you on my channel, you're probably getting a whole bunch of which direction should I be looking in? All of the recommendations, Fox News. Here you go. Here's me reading Fox News. Oh, I guess I'm not allowed to do it unless they pay me. Pfft, whatever. Quote, the entire intelligence community 
has been consistently providing critical support to U.S. policymakers and those responding to the COVID-19 virus, which originated in China. The intelligence community also concurs with the wide scientific consensus that the COVID-19 virus was not man-made or genetically modified. A statement from the Office of Acting Director of National Intelligence, Richard Grinnell. As we do in all cases, the community's experts respond by respond by surging resources and producing critical intelligence on issues vital to the U.S. national security. The IC will continue to rigorously examine emerging information and intelligence to determine whether the outbreak began through contact with infected animals or if it was the result of an accident at a laboratory in Wuhan. U.S. officials have ruled out the possibility the virus was created by China to be used as a bioweapon. Some said the pathogen may have escaped from the lab amid China's efforts to identify and combat the virus either with the same or greater capabilities than the U.S. In a show of defiance, China has rebuffed U.S. requests that it allow inspectors access to the lab. And so there you go. Now, there is reporting that Dr. Fauci gave a grant to this Wuhan Institute. So some people are concerned now that they're kind of pushing back on us. On Thursday, Trump said the world is suffering greatly while speaking of China's response. Quote, this is something that could have been contained at the original location. And I think it could have been contained relatively easily, Trump said. They were either unable to or they chose not to. And the Associated, and I'm, I'm going to add this myself, the Associated Press reported that China knew on the 14th of human to human transmission and they withheld this information, resulting in the serious crisis you see now. I wonder if anyone's going to blame Donald Trump for this come November. I'm, I'm sure some people are. If you go on Reddit, the whole thing is nothing but left wing propaganda and it's really annoying. I don't, I don't care if you hate the president, man, and I say it in almost every single video. I care that you tell the truth. And the number one post on Reddit earlier today was someone saying, if you would have told me November 27, uh, uh, November 2016, that Donald Trump's presidency would end or his first term would end with the, the country dying in a massive economic collapse, I would have believed you as if it's his fault, as if Donald Trump snapped his finger and made the virus, as if any of us knew how bad it was going to be, as if we could have controlled what China was doing when they were lying to us. After initially praising China's response, Trump shifted to blaming Beijing, a tactic to divert scrutiny over his own administration's handling of the crisis, according to some Democrats. Yet I call shenanigans on that, and I'll break that down. The U.S. response has been plagued with a shortage of test kits and sometimes contradictory statements between Trump and members of his coronavirus task force. Trump is not perfect. He's made a lot of mistakes. But the Democrats trying to act like Trump should have known better or that he should not have been diplomatic is really annoying. You see, look, when you're in a leadership position, diplomacy is very important. Trump can't just come out on t- TV and start screaming that he hates China, even though he does it a lot. He needs to make sure that there's some, you know, he has to placate them to, his, to a certain degree. Because of this, they, they, the, the media and the Democrats exploit the things Trump says. Now, Trump could have been much harder on China. I've said this in the past. He could have done more in the beginning. I've said this too. Tucker Carlson apparently had to fly down to Florida and talk to the president and tell him, take this seriously. But that doesn't mean that the Democrats did better. It doesn't mean that their criticism is valid. In fact, I say the Democrats' criticism is not valid because they were doing less than what Trump was doing. They were just trying to impeach the guy. So in the worst case scenario for the Democrats, you can argue that they actually slowed Trump down because of their obsession with not liking the orange man. Here's a quote. Trump is desperate to distract voters from his record of rolling over for China. The Democratic National Committee told Fox News in a statement. He refused to call out China on its coronavirus response and Americans are suffering the consequences. In regards to Beijing, the Chinese Communist Party has had a history of covering up outbreaks and anything shining a negative light on China. However, 
health experts previously expressed skepticism that the virus was linked to the Wuhan lab. Now, listen, far be it from me to tell you, you know, where this virus actually came from. I am not the expert. I can criticize the press and how YouTube has handled the whole thing. Is it possible this was a natural development? This virus naturally emerged? Of course it is. It happens all the time. And it seems to be the most likely scenario. Is it possible that China was experimenting and things got got out of hand? It is possible as well, especially considering a university in China released that paper. Now, they did eventually retract that. But we've seen the question asked. And what I find truly funny about all of this, the Washington Post, before Trump brought up any of this, asked, should we be looking into the Wuhan biolab in an op-ed? And quoted somebody from Rutgers, a professor, who said it's very possible. Now, when Donald Trump comes out and says he's seen evidence and we're seeing reporting from Fox News, this is the case. What does the Washington Post do? According to our fact check, it is very unlikely it came from the lab. You see, as soon as Trump says it, it must be wrong. When Trump came out for the travel ban on January 31st, they said, oh, harumph, Donald Trump and, and, his, and his, his travel ban, he's a, xeno, he's a xenophobe. On March 12th, Donald Trump enacted a travel ban from Europe. And what did they say? Donald Trump. Is, is travel bans don't work. Joe Biden called him out. April 3rd, they changed their tune. And now they're arguing Trump's travel ban isn't going far enough. They're actually arguing, I think this is Pelosi, that he should have barred Americans from returning back to this country. There is nothing the man can do. And as soon as he says this, they immediately call it a right-wing conspiracy. BuzzFeed News ran a whole article saying a conspiracy theory popular on the right. And I challenged the guy who wrote this. I'm like, you realize CNN has reported this. CNN reported there was a a former Clinton staffer speaking on CNN saying Occam's razor suggests, meaning the simple solution, the most likely, is that this came from the lab. That was a former Clinton National Security Council staffer. That wasn't good enough for BuzzFeed. That's not good enough for these outlets because they have to always oppose the president. At least there are some people who have principles who are willing to call out the possibilities. We don't know. We may not ever know. But Tom Cotton was talking about this in January. The Republicans were talking about this. And dare I say, the incestuous relationship between the media and Democrats is destroying their party because the media only cares about about traffic. And because the Democrats use them to prop up their false positions and lies, they're pushing policies that no one wants or cares about. And they're just saying the opposite of what everything, what any Republican actually says. So when you get someone like me, who's a more moderate, right? And I say, hey, this seems like it's possible. They assume, well, that must be a Trump thing. That must be a conservative thing. No, it's a regular person thing. Regular people are asking about this. But in your obsession to just simply be opposed to whatever it is Donald Trump is, because you're terrified of agreeing with the man, you have now made yourselves look like absolute buffoons. Donald Trump thinks he says he's seen evidence. It's not definitive, but I'll tell you what. Following this, you're going to see a ton of outlets saying, oh, Donald Trump is pushing a conspiracy theory. Here's here's look at Trump says he's seen evidence, right? Here's how the Financial Times put it. Trump says he's confident COVID-19 came from Wuhan lab. No, he did not. Financial Times, what are you doing? I actually thought you were pretty good up until this. This is fake news. He was asked if he has seen anything that gives him confidence. And he said, yes. That doesn't mean he is confident. It doesn't mean he thinks it actually came from there. It means you're fake news. And they're trying to discredit the story before it even gets out. We'll see how this plays out. Maybe we'll never know, but I'll leave it there. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. I will be home finally. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.